The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd. Always great to be with you on this program, and Percy, great to be with you this week. I am excited to be here with you as well, Wayne. Thank you so much. We're going to talk about a very interesting topic today, genetics and cancer. Yeah, we're going to talk about the, the powerful relationship between science and, and religion and spirituality, and I think we're going to really learn some great things. Today. Sometimes, uh, you know, in religious circles, we kind of avoid that word science, but we really shouldn't. It's true, and and I think it's just because of a lack of really understanding the connectivity that science is not just something that's pulled arbitrarily out of thin air. There's a source to science. There's an intelligence to science, and it certainly is aligned with our belief system and a higher power and a creator and a God. There certainly have been some advances that are helping combat cancer these days, and we'll learn about some of those today. And of course, that's one of the thrusts of this program is to try to educate and, and familiarize our listening audience with, with things that will help them to bridge their faith into the world of science and medicine in a way that is user-friendly to both. You have a quotation there that I've heard you use. It's very powerful. I think it fits in with this conversation today. Yeah, to frame this discussion today, and I found this, and there may be others who may have heard this, but this is a statement from Albert Einstein, who's quoted often for many different things. But listen to this profound statement that he made. Science without religion is lame, and religion without science is blind. Interesting. And yeah. it helps us to understand the balance between the two worlds and that they are not mutually exclusive of each other. And we want to understand more about that today. Of course, uh, there's another quotation we want to use, and that's from uh, something much older than Einstein. It's scripture. And uh, the, the psalmist David said in 139, well, you tell me, what did he say? Yep. In Psalms 139, our spiritual nugget for the day is uh, 1 Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14. For you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David is going to help us and is helping us to understand that the way that we've been designed and created, there's a design and a creation to us. We refer to God as the creator. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a creative mechanism and design to us. And part of that is our genetic makeup. And we're going to talk about genetics today. All right. We'll get to it here on the program. You can use our website for more information. It's healthhopeandinspiration.com. We've specifically designed that website to give you some resources. So check that out online where you can hear this program there as well. Health, Hope, and Inspiration.com. More ahead on this week's edition of the program. Stay with us. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, 
Our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. As we talk about genetics and cancer here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration, remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. I'm Wayne Shepard, and once again, here's our host, Reverend Percy McRae. Well, with me today is Melanie Cortman, who is a licensed, certified genetic counselor at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Eastern Regional Medical Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you for being with us today, Melanie. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Well, you you have a very interesting uh, title and job that I want to talk about today in the context of cancer, and that is you are a licensed, certified genetic counselor. What exactly is a licensed genetic, certified genetic counselor? What, what, What do you do? What is that? As a genetic counselor, a lot of people think of genetic counselors in terms of prenatal counseling. They think of a a woman who wants to have a baby and wonders whether anything in her family would put her at risk for having a baby with a particular disease. What I do is I work with cancer patients. All of the people that I see come to see me, they already have a cancer diagnosis. And I try to determine whether the cancer in that patient and whether the cancers that we see in that family are hereditary cancers. Ah, I would imagine that this is a really important service that is being offered now in the cancer community to help people who may currently have cancer, but also for people to also inform their family and their their children, etc., about the possibility of being predisposed genetically. Is that correct? That is correct. You're absolutely right. That's my whole goal. It's to help the patient that I'm working with understand why they may have been diagnosed with the cancer. I've been often asked uh, when I'm on the road and, and speaking about preventative things around cancer. So this is a huge conversation. So how did you become a genetic counselor and why did you become a genetic counselor? Good question. So years ago, when I first went to college, I was interested in science, and I went to graduate school, and I got a master's in biology, and I was doing genetics research. Okay. I continued doing genetics research for a few years, and then took a long time off to have and raise my children. Once my children were grown, I wanted to go back and use all of the genetics that I had studied, but I no longer wanted to work in the laboratory doing research. I wanted to use all of my genetic information to work with people. So I went back to school to become a genetic counselor. And one of my rota- when you're in school to become a genetic counselor, you have many different clinical rotations. Okay. So I did several prenatal rotations. I did several pediatric rotations. And when I did a cancer rotation, hmm. I realized this could be really helpful in helping protect people. Wow. Now, were you have you been personally impacted by cancer? Was there anything else that drew you into the cancer direction? other than feeling like you could really just help people? Several members of my family have been diagnosed with cancer. My mother, unfortunately, passed away from lung cancer, which is not a hereditary cancer. The other thing that's in the the marketplace from a discussion perspective around cancer is obviously now genetic counseling and also genomic uh, cancer therapies. Let's unpackage the differences between genetic counseling 
and genomic cancer therapy. What is the difference? First of all, let's talk about both of those and what are the difference between the two? Okay, so what I do is genetic testing. I look at the genes that a person was born with. We have many genes. Each person has over 30,000 genes. Okay. And some of those genes determine eye color. Some of those genes determine height. Okay. Some of those genes determine hair color. And then there are also some genes that normally protect us against getting cancer. Okay. The BRCA genes, for instance, are the genes that normally protect us, a woman, against getting breast and ovarian cancer. Is that typically known as the BRCA? Some people call it the BRCA okay, genes. Okay, I've heard that. Okay. <laughs> so those genes recognize that there's a cancer cell there and kind of put the brakes on the cancer cell and don't allow it to make more copies of itself. Okay. So these are genes that a person are that everyone is born with. And when I do the genetic testing, I look to see whether a person's BRCA genes are working properly. Okay. Genomic testing, we know that cancer cells are growing so rapidly, they're growing out of control. And there are many genetic changes that happen just within the cancer cells. That's what genomic testing does. Ah. It looks at the genetic changes just within the cancer cells to try and determine what treatment may work well for that cancer and what treatment may not work well for that cancer. Hmm. This this is a very interesting discussion because science has made it possible for us to really understand the genetic makeup of a specific cancer and, you know, to potentially treat that cancer uniquely uh, with a specific therapy. Is that accurate? That is correct. Okay. That is correct. All right, and, and I think that, that our audience uh, would be excited to hear that. That's on the horizon. That's here. That's what we're able to do right here and right now. Right. That's the forefront of it. And we're actually able to use some of the genetic testing to do that as well. Um, People who have a mutation in the BRCA genes and are diagnosed with ovarian cancer, there's a new treatment now that is being um, given to those people to treat the ovarian cancer, specifically in women who who have a BRCA mutation. And so that that particular treatment that you're referencing now has been approved, that is being utilized, that's that's not a, a study, that's something that is actually in play at this point as we that speak. That is actually in play. There were many, many clinical trials looking at the treatment of the PARP inhibitor drugs for all of the cancers that are associated with BRCA, and it's showing really good promise for breast cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, and the FDA did approve it for treatment in women with ovarian cancer. And again, just as a disclaimer to our audience, we want to be very clear. We are not here providing any medical advice whatsoever. Please make sure that you go and sit down and talk to your specific physician and to receive proper information with regard to the potential of of some of the things that are being discussed here today. That being said, let's move forward and talk about Uh, What has been some of your experiences with uh, the cancer patients that you've sat down with and and provided your services to? How do you interface? How does that take place within the context of the structure of your role? 
So I have a very nice consult room with a round table and several chairs around because I work not only with the patient but with their family members. I always say to patients, this is a family affair. If your mom is with you, if your dad is with you, if your children are with you, everybody come in together because it's always really helpful to have multiple members of a family together because the first thing I do is draw a family tree. Okay. And having more than one person there helps us get really accurate information on the family. And specifically, um, I would have to imagine that there is some sort of diagnostic lab work that is done within the context of genetic counseling? Correct. So what I do is I review the family history and I look for certain red flags that something may be hereditary in the family. If we see cancer that passes from generation to generation to generation, if we see multiple members of the family who've been diagnosed with the same type of cancer or similar types of cancer, Mm -hmm. particularly if we see cancer at very young ages. For instance, yesterday I met with a young man who is diagnosed at age 32 with two separate cancers within his colon. His father was diagnosed with colon cancer at age 35. Okay. His grandmother was diagnosed with colon cancer at age 37. And his great-grandmother was diagnosed with colon cancer at age 70. So this clearly looks to us that it is something that's hereditary. Gotcha. It looks to us like he has Lynch syndrome, mm-hmm. and Lynch syndrome is due to a mutation in one of five mismatch repair genes. Okay. So he provided a blood sample, and they sent that off to a genetic testing laboratory, okay. which will look at those five genes specifically, and we'll also look at all the additional genes that we know about now that can be involved with colon cancer. Okay. This will be helpful information for him in helping him understand why he was diagnosed with the cancer. He has four children. He has a sister. And if we find something in him, we can do testing for his sister and his children to find out if they're at risk. Gotcha. Now, do you receive, I guess, those pathology reports that, that gives you that backdrop to unpackage? How, how, how do you get that diagnostic information to share back with this individual during the genetic counseling session? So I prepare very well for my session. Okay. All right. <laughs> I read through all of the patient's medical records. Okay. Um, from with their all permission, of the, obviously. With their permission. Okay. Correct. With um, all of the patient's medical records that have been provided to our hospital. Gotcha. And I go into the session well prepared because the last thing a patient likes to do is tell their story over and over. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I put that information together. I explain to the patient about genetic testing, what we can learn from the testing, and how they can use that information to be helpful to themselves and their family members. Wow. Well, with us today is Melanie Cortman, who is a licensed certified genetic counselor. We thank you for the work that you do, and uh, we ask you to continue to be successful and uh, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Percy, I found that conversation fascinating. I learned a lot there. It was a lot to learn. And again, as we dig into this, you know, the key here, Wayne, is really trying to encourage uh, the audience 
people of faith, people who believe in the supernatural and the miraculous of God, not to be afraid of science, not to run from science, but to embrace science and begin to become more familiar with the science of things and incorporating that along with your faith. Science is of God as well. Science. It's a gift. It it is a gift. Again, the intelligence, the, the all that goes into that. Uh, intelligence. Uh, I had one doctor who told me this one day, and he was super intellect scientist. He said, after I really began to examine how the human body was made and and crafted together, he said, it is just not possible that that was an act of <laughs> random uh, dynamics that took place without an intelligent force leading and guiding that. I agree with that man. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's take a break, and we'll come back and we'll talk some more with Percy McRae here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our website is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. So glad to have you listening. Remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. Our topic today is genetics and cancer. And a few moments ago, we heard from Melanie. I was interested in hearing about the importance of family history and how carefully she goes through family history. Yeah, again, when we we begin to look at where we have advanced from a scientific perspective with regard to sickness and disease, Uh, Looking at your history from a family perspective and understanding that not only in terms of what your previous family history was, but potentially what your your future family history can be Mm -hmm. for those that are coming behind you, I think is a fantastic thing for us to embrace intellectually as we move through the conversation of talking about uh, disease, sickness, and health and wellness. We've often talked about how cancer is a community disease. It affects the whole community, the family, of course, to begin with. And I liked her point about gathering the family together to talk about it and, and learn from. Well, what's important about that particular component, Wayne, is in my experience over the years, quite often families do not discuss medical history, histories about uh, disease and sickness, in some cases with respect to cancer specifically, I've known of family members who did not know what family members died from Mm. until 20 years later. And, you know, it was one of those secrets, one of those skeletons that was in the closet. Mm -hmm. And that's a bad secret to maintain. We're trying to help and empower ourselves and our loved ones. We need to have some very open and frank discussions about potential family history around health. And I have to think that cancer patients are very very uh, thankful to have this kind of approach taken. I mean, you've probably seen this firsthand, haven't you? Well, what happens is that you really see, and I think what what takes place with, with these types of conversations is, if nothing else, kind of an aha moment that takes place with the potential of, 
oh, this is possibly why I have the type of cancer that I had. We heard Melanie talk about, in some cases, genetic testing and, and, and surveying can help cancer patients understand possibly why they have the type of cancer that they have. With that being said, I think that there are many people who would feel empowered in understanding, well, as a possible history or my mom or my grandmother, I was predisposed, et cetera, et cetera. It just empowers you not to feel like you're just a helpless victim that got run over by a truck. It gives yeah. some reason and some rationalization. You touched on it there, but do you want to talk a little bit more about genomic testing as opposed to genetic testing? Well, of course, what we also have heard, and we've discussed this on this particular show as well, is that uh, one of the new medical advances of treating cancer is understanding genomic therapies. And of course, genomic therapy is the ability to understand the different unique genetic makeup and possible mutations of a particular cancer. Two or three people may have the same type of cancer, but can be uniquely different from a genetic and mutation makeup. And so uh, there are now potentially therapies that are being developed to specifically treat specific genetic mutations of one's types of cancer. Genetic counseling is speaking specifically to the makeup of the human body Mm -hmm. and the specific unique makeup of that human body. So when we understand the difference between the two, both very important conversations, and I think that... uh, Great discussion in the cancer community, but still yet very different in that respect. Having heard the importance of knowing family history, I just wonder if this is something we can be proactive about. These are things we can talk about before we're diagnosed with cancer. Well, you know, if you notice, particularly in the the, the modern culture of all of the different uh, promos and commercials about um, uh, checking out your genetic background and are you from Ireland or from Eastern Europe, (laughs) you know, this potentially could be a type of conversation that one proactively can begin to look at from a healthcare perspective. And again, would it not be powerful for people to begin to really take on, as we talk about on this show, and as I talk so often when I go to local churches and do seminars and trainings, we're encouraging the faith community to take ownership of their health and wellness. I believe at the end of the day, the more information we know, the more proactive we become in these types of discussions, the the probability of being able to get on the front end of those potential scenarios are in our best interest versus waiting for something to happen. And in many cases, uh, we're, we're behind the eight ball trying to figure out what to do and when to do it. Yes. At the top of the program today, we started talking about, you know, religion and science working hand in hand together. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of evidence of that here today. Well, again, the comment that we made was from Albert Einstein, who said that science without religion is lame and religion without science is blind, I think is a perfect statement. To, by the way, that was an agnostic that said that. And so when you understand just his background to make such a profound statement, who was a man of science and, and, and all of that, to understand that there's a balance, there's a congruence, there's a relationship yep. that we need to begin to really understand and embrace. And that's something we've talked about many times. There is a balance that's necessary, isn't there? Well, and we want uh, our audience to be very, very mindful. Again, we're not Neither one of these uh, philosophies are mutually exclusive of each other. They work off of each other. They work in tandem with each other. And I think the world of medicine and science is embracing the reality and embracing the impact of spirituality and faith and religion and how that impacts people mentally, emotionally, and potentially physically. And on the other side of the equation, 
conversation, we are now encouraging the faith community to embrace the science of the day and not run from that, not be afraid. That is not voodoo. It's not Mm -hmm. witchcraft. Mm -hmm. It's not black magic. And Mm -hmm. I think that there is some unconscious uh, unnerving feelings about science sometimes with individuals because of their sense of conflict of their faith. I got to take you back to Psalm 139. You quoted it earlier. It's such a powerful statement. It is. It it helps to frame this discussion. And as we close, as we always do with a spiritual nugget for the day, here it is. Psalms 139 verses 13 and 14. For you, God, for you created my innermost being, not a scientist, not a medical doctor. God created your intestines, your lungs, your kidneys. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Today, we embrace the balance and the relationship of medicine and science and faith and spirituality. They are not mutually exclusive of each other and they work hand in hand with one another. Yeah, just think of the implications of that. huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a profound statement and we're getting better at this. And so today, be encouraged to take charge and ownership of your health and wellness. Percy, thank you. Now, I want to point our listeners to our website because this program can be heard there on the website. Maybe you have listened today and are thinking of someone else that you'd like to hear this conversation. Absolutely. HealthHopeAndInspiration.com. Again, HealthHopeAndInspiration.com. There are resources there. Please go and avail yourself to that resource. Thanks for listening this week to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America care that never quits.